0: Hey man, welcome back to the Super Divorce Supercast, episode number 110 today. Nicholas Villars here, aka Super Divorce, and uh, boy, well, I I understand that I am late with this episode. I haven't been too explicit about when I plan to have the episodes out, but I have in my mind been shooting for... Mondays. That's kind of what I've been thinking. And last week I got it out on Tuesday. This week I'm getting it out on Wednesday. Fully planned to have it ready on Monday. I was ready to go. Ready to do it. Until I ran into a series of unfortunate events over the weekend. On Sunday, to be exact. I lost my phone. I lost my brand new... As of a couple months ago, brand new iPhone 14 Pro Max. First new iPhone that I had had in years. I switched from the Google Pixel 3. Probably the longest time that I had ever kept a phone was that Google Pixel 3. It was okay. Got the job done. Wasn't the biggest fan of it though. Really from the get-go. It was like... I got it. I switched from the iPhone 7 Plus to the Gickle Pixel 3. And almost immediately, I was like, I should have gotten another iPhone. Or I should have just stuck with the the 7 Plus. I was not blown away. I was not wowed by the Pixel 3. What I did like about it was that it took fantastic nighttime pictures. Had this nighttime mode you could turn on. And that's really what sold me on it. Am I a nighttime photographer working for nighttime photography magazine? No. So I don't know exactly why my purchasing decision hinged upon that one point, but it did. I remember being sold on the nighttime photo mode, and I did take some fantastic nighttime photographs, dusk into nighttime. I got some cool pictures with that camera. So it's not like the phone was awful, but just the user interface, the the smoothness of the iPhone. I mean, they've got they've got it down to those iPhone boys. They got it down. They've got the interface down. They've got the swiping down. You know, just moving your screen around, moving from screen to screen. Everything feels buttery smooth. Hardly ever. Are you dealing with any hiccups? Sometimes on other phones that I've had, non-Apple phones, you'll you'll swipe, you know, just across your home screen. And you'll get like a lag or something. Or you'll be scrolling on Instagram or Twitter and there's like a... There are little, these little hiccups you notice. And I almost never noticed that kind of thing happening on the iPhone. Anyhow, my new iPhone is gone. I lost it whilst riding a roller coaster. I lost it on the Banshee. If you've ever been to Kings Island, the Banshee, it's a fantastic coaster. One of my favorites of all time. I love it. I think it's a great ride. They really turn you and twist you around quite a few times on that one. Not really dealing with many big drops on the Banshee. It's, It's more of a An old-fashioned thrill ride. Twists and turns, turnabouts, fair play. But there was no fair play to be had on this day, on Sunday. I was all out of fair play. Or rather, the world was out of fair play for me. I had my phone in my pocket. That was a mistake. I get it. But when I was thinking back, I was like, you know, you're not left with too many options these days. Because they'll tell you, they put these signs up when you're walking up to the coaster. They got these signs everywhere. All these advisories. Uh, Unsecured items are not allowed on the coaster. Unsecured items must be left at the whatever the shit. The train station. Where the train takes off. What do they call it? The docking bay? I don't know what their terminology is, but... When you get on to the coaster, they've got, over to the side, a series of cubbies, right? These little boxes, and you're supposed to leave your shit over there. You can't take unsecured items on the coaster with you. The only way you're allowed to take an unsecured item is if you secure it in a kind of cargo pant-like pocket. A pocket with a zipper. That's what you're allowed otherwise it needs to be left over in the little cubby compartments at the train station all your shit your wallet your keys your phone now i keep my glasses on i've never had an issue with that these things are locked pretty tight on my noggin if i had slippery glasses i might leave those but anyway all your personal effects that you can't secure in a cargo pocket are supposed to be left over in one of those cubbies. Well Do you know the problem with that? They have additional signs up that say, hey, personal effects left while you're riding the coaster are not the responsibility of Kings Island or wherever the shit you happen to be, Disney World, Six Flags Over Assholes, wherever the shit you happen to be riding coasters, they want you to know you can't take your stuff on the coaster, but when you leave it over here, if someone steals it, it's not our problem. Now, I wasn't even thinking. Like, I, I wasn't I wasn't on that wavelength. I wasn't even weighing those options. My thing was just I, I'm gonna take it because I never I, I never leave my shit. It's not even, that's when I say it, I wasn't thinking about it. When I wasn't thinking on that wavelength, I wasn't weighing my options. It wasn't a deliberation. There was no moment where I, I was like hesitating. Now, should I take my phone on the coaster or should I leave it in the cubby? I never leave anything in the cubby, ever. I don't think I've ever had, in, in my life, I've never left anything in the cubby. I always take shit with me. And I've always done a good job of securing the things, even though I don't wear cargo pants. I don't know many people who do. I think a lot of people are probably taking their personal effects on the coasters. And these people are not wearing zippered cargo pants or shorts. Usually, I think we do a pretty good job of securing our shit. This day, however, um, I was wearing... I was wearing like uh, like uh, sweat shorts, like Nike sweat shorts with a USA logo emblazoned on the bottom left leg uh, just above my knee. It says USA in a sort of navy blue sweat short from Nike that I purchased at Dick's last year. That's what I was wearing. And if you've ever worn sweatpants before... You know that the pockets and sweatpants are especially slippery. So I was aware of this. I made sure that when the harness came down over top of me that you know it it, it had kind of uh, it, it was holding my phone in place. I had it positioned just so. Somewhere along the line there while I was riding, it was no longer just so. And my phone slipped out, and when I got off the ride, I knew it was gone. And um, and I immediately went to ask someone who worked at the park, "What can I do about this? My cell phone fell out of my pocket." I had no idea at this point if it fell down onto one of the paved roads underneath the Banshee, because if I can set the scene for a moment you've got the line to get into the banshee right um and the banshee itself is it's it's suspended above an area of the park where no one can walk underneath and i'm sure they do this for safety reasons because there are things falling down people are losing things all the time you can't have people walking underneath the coaster with cell phones and wallets and and uh paperweights and whatever else uh paraphernalia souvenirs that people have purchased at the park you can't have that stuff falling down on people so they um they do this with basically all the coasters the coasters are suspended over areas that are blocked off you can't walk underneath a coaster while it's it's spinning and spiraling because that area is off limits they've got gates up To keep people out of those areas to keep it safe for everyone the banshee is kind of on the edge of the park so it's not just like uh it's not like a little perimeter you know it's not like a little gated area and uh and people are walking all about it it's uh it's it's set almost against the woods at the edge of the park the ride almost goes into the woods, not completely. Not like the beast. The beast actually does go into the woods. You're like you're 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 being launched uh, between trees and uh, limbs, or, or just inches away from your face as you're you're zooming through Kings Island forest. Banshee's not like that, but it does take you sort of to the edge of the woods, to a wooded area. Okay i'm saying all this again to paint the scene that um, it's not easy to get back into the area um, where the banshee is located where the banshee is actually flying and zooming around to walk underneath the banshee you have to either uh, be a worker who goes back there at the end of the shift i found out that's what they do when the park closes They've got designated employees who will walk underneath all of the coasters all throughout the park and they collect all the items they find. They said they, they end up with like 500 lost items every day and they're lost and found. So they got a whole system set up. You have to use the QR code. You got to log into their website. You got to create a, a lost and found ticket. You got to describe your item. You got to do all this shit. And I... I I learned all this and was like, okay, well, I guess that's what I'm going to have to do when I go home. Because when I walked up to the uh, the uh, customer service window and was explaining what was happening, she hands me this little card and she's like, well, okay, well, you just scan this QR code with your phone. And I was like, I just told you I don't have a phone. I lost it. Well, you can use a family member or a friend's phone. You're going to have to do that. Okay, all right. So you have no option for people who don't have access to a cell phone. Got it. It's all done online, I see, I see how this is gonna go. I see how this is gonna go. You make my use my cell, cellular phone. And, fine, okay? That's what I assumed was gonna happen. I was gonna have to go home and I was gonna have to file this ticket and continue calling back or waiting for email updates and was probably never gonna hear anything. And then, when I got home that night, I had an idea. It was really the sort of uh, late afternoon let's say around between four and five o'clock and I got back home and I was thinking hey hold on a second isn't there an app that Apple has an Apple that I can use to try and locate my lost iDevice why yes there is it's called find my and so I went and I got my iPhone 7 Plus that I have kept all these years because I still love it so much. I keep most of my phones. I usually don't trade them in. I usually hang on to them. And so I went and I got that guy. I got it out. I uh, had to charge it for a minute because it it had been a while. And charged it up. Downloaded the Find My app. And uh, there it was. As soon as I fired it up, I saw... My iPhone 14 Pro Max on the map. And the map is so detailed. You zoom in on Kings Island where the little dot was to show my phone. There it is. They even had the Banshee. They had the the fucking roller coaster on the map. And I could see the Banshee and then my phone like underneath it. Right there. Lit up, plain as day. So that let me know in that instant that my phone had not fallen onto the pavement beneath the coaster. It fell into, I would assume, a, a little grassy area because there's a bunch of grass and they've got some roads that wind back underneath the Banshee back into the woods, twisting about, taking you all over the uh the park hinterlands. They've got warehouses on the edge of the park. I don't know what they do back there. I don't know what goes on, but employees are seen driving back there and and uh, patrolling and such so i was like okay well that's good news that means my phone is alive now what am i going to do about that what do i do now do i just have to wait and hope that someone picks this up that doesn't seem right so i started scheming i said i got to take a proactive approach i can't just sit here and watch and hope someone picks it up another Another wrinkle in this story is that it was getting ready to rain. The forecast said it was most likely going to rain that evening. I was like, if someone doesn't pick my phone up, the fact that it fell from the heavens and landed safely isn't going to matter. If there's a torrential downpour, then all this is going to be for naught and my phone's going to be ruined anyway. So I was like, I'm going to have to go over there and talk to someone and say, look, I see my phone right here. Can, can we do something? I know you can't shut the ride down and take me back there right now, but can I wait here with you until the park closes and use my map, my GPS map, to guide us to my phone so I can pick it up? That was what I was thinking was going to happen. That was like, all right, I'm going to go do that. I'm going to be there. Yama will be there. And I'm not going to let this thing die a horrible death out in the rain. So... I'm walking through my kitchen. I happened to glance over and I looked at the phone. I had it sitting on the kitchen counter. It was charging. Just I glanced by every few minutes just to make sure it was still, still flashing its beacon. And then as I walked past, something caught my eye. It was my phone moving. The dot was no longer in the place it had been for an hour or more. Because when I first turned the GPS on, the Find My app, the dot was in this one spot under the Banshee. It stayed there for quite a while, as you would suspect it would, because none of the workers go underneath the Banshee until the park closes. Four reasons I already talked about. My phone's moving. I see the dot showing my phone, and then some dashed lines indicating that it was moving through the park and i said hmm well perhaps one of the workers did go back there because i oh i forgot one thing on the find my app you can uh, you can press a button on your phone that will play a sound so if someone is uh if you're looking for your phone say you did lose it and you're out in a field somewhere and you've got this general idea of where it is you can play a sound as a as a sort of attracting beacon for your ears to let you know which direction to look in. You know, which way should I go? Am I getting hot or cold? Let me listen for that sound. Let me play it again. You can do that. So I did that like one time, not really thinking that it was gonna do anything because I didn't assume anyone was back there. I was just trying it out. I was like, I wonder if that actually works. And I pressed it and it was like sound playing. And I was like, hmm, okay. Well, maybe I'll use that later tonight. It was not long after that, again, that my phone began to move through the park. And so I, I was thinking at that point, one of these security people had to be back there and they picked it up. Okay. I'm going to rush over to the park right now because I don't want this thing to be put into their system. I don't want to have to fill out the ticket. I don't want to have to go through the rigmarole, the hogwash of trying to go back and forth with Kings Island for two weeks until I can get my phone back. I was like, I don't want to have to do all that. I see it right now. If I can get over to the park and talk to someone in security, maybe I can cut this thing off before it enters their system and uh, then I won't have to do the whole report thing and I won't have to do all the horse shit. So I, I went over there. I I drove over to Kings Island, I put Celine Dion's famous song on the radio, which one? Um, It's all coming back to me now, that one. I put that on the radio on repeat as I drove from my house over to Kings Island. And I was continuing to watch my phone on my old phone. Tracking it, seeing its movements. And as I was walking up to the entrance to the park, my phone was moving into the parking lot of Kings Island. Now, hold on a second, because that's funny. I I went up to one of the park security guards at the entrance to the park and I showed them my phone. I was like, can you just confirm where this is? And I showed them where my phone was on the map. And they said, I think that's the parking lot. I was like, now here, this is interesting. And I explained to them everything that was going on. I was like, I've watched my phone now go from underneath the Banshee out into the parking lot right now. I was like, is it possible that one of your security people is like on a cart? Sometimes you'll see them driving these little carts around, their little security cart. I was like, could they be going out into the lot to check for something and they're going to be back? And he was like, I don't know. That seems weird, but I'll, I'll go and talk to someone. And, uh by the time they came back I saw that my phone was now heading towards the exit to get on to the highway needless to say my phone was stolen so they the Kings Island security called the Mason police who came out they got there pretty quickly I spoke with them I explained everything that happened and um you know they're like uh that sucks we can't like chase them down right now but if they stop somewhere close by then we can take a look keep us posted continue tracking your phone and uh and let us know if you have any updates okay they left gave me their little card they left And then I continued talking to King's Island security for a few minutes and they informed me, sir, the strangest thing we found out that, that right before you got here, there was a group of people kicked out of the park because why? Because they were found hanging out underneath the Banshee of all places. Huh? Isn't that something? so i'm putting all these pieces together and i said i probably when i played that sound from my house when i played the beacon i probably alerted these people as to the whereabouts of my phone and then they picked it up and then they were caught hanging out under the banshee and kicked out of the park probably walking right past me to their car As I was walking up to the park gates, we probably passed each other. Like ships in the night, as they say. And off they go. They didn't have information on these people because apparently the group was comprised of miners. Or at least that's what they told the Kings Island workers. They were miners who were kicked out of the park. They uh, apparently gave bogus names for their parents. Nothing came up in the system. I don't even know if these people had tickets or if they were uh, pass holders or what. It seems like a scheme. It seems like a druggy junkie scheme that people will do. Let's head on over to KI. Let's hang out underneath some of the coasters and pick up phones and wallets and shit and then we'll go sell them off later. So I think that's what happened. And I watched As these sons of bitches drove up 75, got off the exit over in West Dayton, went to a shitty ass apartment, because I looked up, I could see the address. I had their exact address. I could see it pinpointed on my cellular telephone as I continued to track it all through the night. There it stayed at a singular address. In West Dayton and so I called the Mason Police Department I updated them I said hey I've I've got an address for you I know where my phone is right now it's not lost I had to keep reminding myself don't say my phone's lost it's not lost right now I know exactly where it is and that remains true to this day to right now to Wednesday it's at the same place right now they've taken some trips I've been watching I've been following along. I've been watching my phone go on little field trips here and there. You know, they these people went on uh, Monday morning and had themselves a nice uh, lunch at Roosters. Got their got their chicken wings, you know. And then they went. Uh, seemed like they went to a friend's house nearby. Yesterday, I saw them head out to a place called Austin Landing kind of like an outdoor mall type area. They hung out there for a while. Just having a good time, just taking my phone on a nice field trip. Now here's here's what's amazing to me. My phone has been completely cleared of all data. It's been removed from uh, Verizon service. They can't use it. I deleted everything. They can't get any of my uh, credit card information, uh, I didn't have any dick pics or anything like that on there that I had to worry about. So that's that's not a concern. But you know what I did lose? I lost all of my Taylor Swift videos from the Eras Tour. Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? I should have invested in the extra storage space on uh, storage space on iCloud. Shouldn't I? Because now that's all gone. All the videos that I took from my seventh row seats, gone. The entire... 10-minute version of All Too Well that she played that night. Gone. I recorded that whole thing. Gone. I was going to make a nice little montage video. Jesse and Nick's trip to see Taylor Swift on the Eras tour in Cincinnati. Can't make that now. Thanks. Thanks, you fucking dickheads. You pieces of fucking shit. Huh? I hope you enjoy your brick that you're carrying around your little security blanket brick because that's what it is now and that's what's hilarious to me as i'm watching it move through the world is i've basically effectively bricked the phone there's nothing they can do with it apple at least gives a person that satisfaction is that if you've taken adequate steps you can effectively brick your phone and make it unusable even if you I doubt these people are, are getting in touch with any elite hackers uh, but just in case they do uh, I've taken it upon myself to make it so the phone is basically unusable there's nothing anyone's going to be able to do with it it's blacklisted at Apple and at my carrier um, you, you can't do anything with it the only one who can unlock it now is me so uh have fun this guy or these people they're just taking my phone around they're keeping it with them that that like irks me more than anything i think is that some sniveling little fuck is just like he's got my phone with him and it doesn't even do anything I don't know what he plans to do. What is he doing? Why is he carrying my phone with him everywhere he goes? It it doesn't work. I can see right here that it's, it's doing nothing right now. In fact, on the Find My app, it shows you what's displayed on the screen. There's nothing on there right now. But I can see it. Taking field trips all around the Dayton area. And I'm just hoping that these fuckheads are stupid enough to drive back to Mason with my phone and, uh, and stop in one spot for long enough to, to do something, you know. Because there's apparently nothing else I can do. That's what I learned. That's what I've learned through all this, is that you can have all the info, you can have the people on camera at Kings Island... Cause there are cameras everywhere. You can have them on camera there underneath the Banshee picking up my phone. You can have them on camera walking from underneath the Banshee being escorted out of the park across the parking lot to their car and then taking the exit to the highway along the same path shown on my GPS that I took screenshots of. I got all this. All the things can be put together, lined up, we, we then see where they go, their home address, where they are, where my phone is right now. All this information is right here in our hands, in the palms of our hands, and we can do absolutely nothing with it, is what I found out from the police. Mason police said, since they have gone to Dayton, there's nothing we can do. You have to now call Dayton police. So I called Dayton police I talked to them and I explained the whole fucking story. And guess what? They said, because the crime happened in Mason, only Mason can investigate this. The only thing that we can do is go over to this house if the police officers in Mason actually file charges against a particular, right here, come on, camera's out of focus. What are you doing here? I'm, I don't know what's going on. Why did that just happen? The camera has decided to unfocus. And now it's all blurry. On the uh, the video version of this podcast that you can watch on YouTube. it's It's become... There. Okay. You got all this info. There's nothing we can do. It was passing the buck back and forth and uh and when i was talking to one of the cops i said okay so what you're telling me at this juncture is that um nothing can be done i basically am left with uh two options one i could forget that this phone was ever mine and just let it go let these people have it and that's that or I can just drive over there myself and try and get it back. And the cop was like, oh, no, no, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't recommend doing that. And I was like, I get it. Hypothetically speaking, though, that's what you're saying. Hypothetically, those are my two options. That's what I can do. Because Dayton police, you're not going to do anything. And Mason police, you're telling me that there's nothing else you're going to do for me. Even though I've got the exact location of my phone... We've got people on camera taking it. We know who they are. We know where they went after they left the park. And we know where they are right now. And we know where my phone is. But no one's going to do anything. So you're telling me, forget it, let it go, or go and get it yourself. And begrudgingly, he had to admit that that's what I was looking at. Uh, well, I you know I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but that's yeah, that's 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 about what what it is. So I would highly recommend that you do not try and get it yourself. You don't have to tell me. I know I'm not a fucking idiot. I'm not gonna go and get it. I'm not driving over there. I know I'm not John Wick. I don't have. I don't have the. Uh, I don't have the skills to do that. You know, other things are too important to me. But there are people out there who either don't have anything to lose or maybe are just the wrong people to fuck with and uh, they got about 20 dudes deep with them who could show up at someone's house, knock on the door. I believe uh, you have something that's not yours. I would like, it'd be nice to have that kind of dick swing and power sometimes not everything that goes along with it you know if you're like in a big uh, crime family or something i'm sure yeah it's got its perks it's got that but then it's got a lot of drawbacks a lot of stress but anyhow that's that's what's up so i was dealing with that on monday cuz i was still hoping if i can track this and catch him coming back here i was keeping pretty close Uh, A close eye on things and I was really wrapped up in it and I was still racking my brain for ways that I could fix it. And I still had not um, uh, decided what exactly I was going to do. Not that I was weighing going and getting it myself, but I was was like, man, something else that can be done here. And uh, basically, no, no, not right now. That postponed things in another way because <laughs> I was going to do a video on Monday, I think, and uh, I was going to do a gameplay video. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do the full podcast, and I'm not going, I'm not going live, but maybe I can do a gameplay video. And I sat down to try and record something, and the YouTube on my desktop computer wanted me to authenticate my uh my identity. They wanted me to uh, reconfirm that I was who I said I was. They wanted me to to do that by uh, answering a message that was sent to my iPhone 14 pro Max, which I did not have. So when I saw that, I was like, all right, just fuck it. fuck it. I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and, and mess with this right now. I needed a break. I had to get away and so yesterday finally i took care of that um they wouldn't just send a message like a you know it's like these uh these authenticator messages right where they're going to send you a, a text message code and then you have to look at your phone you got to enter that in to confirm well you know i don't have my my iphone 14 i've got my my seven plus that I've reactivated. It's working again back in the game. So they wouldn't send a message to this for some reason. They would only send a message to my Google Pixel 3, which was completely dead and that needed to charge for quite some time before it would even get to 1% for some reason. it would like stay at 1%. I'd try and turn it on. I'd see the little Google logo and then it would just shut off again. And so I had to leave that sit, which pushed things back even further yesterday because I wanted to do this podcast yesterday. And it was like every single time I tried to do something, there was another hiccup. ah, 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 ah can't do it yet. You got to do this thing. You got to charge your phone up. Okay, charging it up. And then the messages weren't going through. I wasn't getting the alert on the pixel. And then I had to finagle with that for however long before finally, by the grace of God, the message came through. And I was able to enter it in and confirm that I I am super divorced on on YouTube, on my desktop. And then I was once again allowed to use YouTube to upload things, to go live, which I finally did last night. Played... Uh, my friendly neighborhood. We'll talk about that a little bit. But, man. What a shitstorm. What a shitstorm of a couple days. Let me just check right now because I'm curious. Let me see where these people are. I want to see if it's still at the same spot or if maybe they've taken it out somewhere for dinner. Uh, nope, it's at its new home. Probably being snuggled up by little dickhead. little dickhead McDougal out there. Snuggling up with his security blanket phone that he can't fucking use. What a piece of shit. You have got to be an absolute piece of fucking shit. Especially to pick up someone's phone that's been declared lost. Because before I wiped it before I erased all of my info off of there and bricked it basically, had a nice little message that would appear on the screen if someone picked it up. Hey, this phone's lost. Please give me a call at this number so we can uh, get our phone back. To see that message and say, nah, mine now. Put it in my pocket. I'm gonna take to the pawn shop. Yeah, piece of shit. Piece of absolute fucking shit. People talk about garbage humans. That's garbage human shit right there. For real. Gang, gang. Gang, gang. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Mmm, ice cream. Mmm, ice cream. Tonight, I'm going to go out and I'm going to uh, see the movie Terrifier with Bender. We're going to go to the local uh, cinemas. We're going to watch Terrifier in theaters. It's the first time I believe that Terrifier is being shown nationwide. The original, not Terrifier 2. Terrifier is getting its its first nationwide theatrical release right now as they work on Terrifier 3. So I think that'll be fun i've never seen the original terrifier i watched terrifier 2. initially i was like because mm, there was so much hype about it everyone was talking about it it was really a kind of a cinderella success story a very bloody cinderella success story made all this money and really i think it was a nice moment for sort of independent horror fans and they saw this movie get this release, and it makes, whatever, $30 million plus at the the cinemas at the box office on a fairly minuscule budget. And just a great success story there. You know, a labor of love. Everyone involved in making it had a great time doing it and took a lot of pride in it. But, uh, you know, there are all these stories of people throwing up and passing out at the cinemas when people were going to watch it and they didn't know what they were getting into. Didn't know how over the top bloody gory it was going to be. And I watched it and there were some parts that were pretty extreme, but not, I don't think the worst goriest horror film that I've ever watched, not the most sinister by any means is it's like terrifier to and art. The clown, they like, push things to such an absurd degree that it's like borderline like really dark comedy now some people who are like uninitiated to horror might hear me say that but how could you say that how could you say it's a comedy well it's because it's it's done like i said with this over the top bombastic tongue-in-cheek sort of attitude and in the you know a lot of the kills are just like Just so out there that there are other movies where there are kills that maybe aren't as gory or graphic, but that are more sinister with like 0% levity or humor infused. Some movies that actually, you know, will like make you uh, take pause for unsettling moments because the the tone or the nature of them. Uh, I can see how the uninitiated and people who aren't like horror fans who don't watch that kind of stuff might be put off by it. But if you're a horror fan, you've probably seen worse than Terrifier 2. And I'm not taking anything away from it. I'm just saying it was built up in a way so that when I watched it, I was like, yeah, I mean, okay. Yeah, Art is pretty brutal, but, you know, it's a slasher film. The more I thought about it over time, I think the more I liked it. It's got the Halloween vibe, which is always a plus. The carnival scene at the end, like that whole segment is really good. Some people said that it was too long. That's a gripe that I've heard from a lot of people. That's not even one that really entered my mind when I watched it, the length. You know, I thought maybe initially it could have been a little bit uh, overhyped. Now I'm backing off that a little bit. I said maybe maybe the hype was well-deserved. Maybe it was. Maybe it was just right. And now I want to watch Terrifier 2 again. And I just recently saw that Witter Entertainment had a few copies of the big box Serial arts, uh, serial VHS tapes. It's like the VHS tape comes in a serial box, basically. An old fashioned big box VHS presentation. And I was able to get myself one of those, which I was happy about. Still disappointed that I didn't get the original big box version of Terrifier 2. I remember when it went on sale, I was thinking about it and I didn't pull the trigger. And I went back and it was sold out. And I've been wanting one ever since because it looks so badass. A great cover. Great, great cover. A great just big box presentation for that movie. And um, the cereal box one's cool. It's gone now. Can't get that one anymore. But I wish that I had the original big box version. Maybe I can find someone out there who's got one. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to pay like $500 for it, but I don't know. We'll see. So that's what I'm doing tonight. I'm going to go watch the original Terrifier for the first time. Never seen it. Looking forward to it. Also, speaking of movies, I'm uh, heading over to see Oppenheimer on Friday. Got a buddy coming up from Tejas. An old Haskell friend who's coming to meet me and another one of my buddies who lives in columbus we're all three going to watch oppenheimer or Oppenheimer, however you prefer to say it they tried to get me to do the oppenheimer barbie double feature and i just wasn't interested just don't have any interest in watching the barbie film sorry i know it's like this thing everyone's like oh you gotta see it it looks like so much fun and i'm just like why well, it's not like i'm a lifelong barbie fan If I was, then it'd be a different story, but I've just, I've never been into anything Barbie. Why would I all of a sudden want to go and watch the Barbie film just because Ryan Gosling's in it or Margot Robbie? It's not like I watched all of her films. I didn't see the Birds of Prey films because I thought those looked like shit. It's not like I watched all of Ryan Gosling's movies either. So this, what is this expectation? Why does everyone think that everyone's going to go and watch the Barbie film? I don't know I don't get it I'm getting this from people you know the same guys I'm going to see Oppenheimer with why aren't you going to watch why don't you want to see Barbie and like give me a hard time it's like I've never when have I ever talked about Barbie shit what would give anyone the impression that I'm into to Barbie stuff at all I'll tell you the one thing the one Barbie item that I thought was cool was the barbie dream house i will say that and i still think it's cool that is a cool toy one of my friends way back in the day uh his sister had the barbie dream house they're kids who lived across the street from my grandparents and they had like when i was a kid if you could ask me to like dream up my ultimate playroom it was like the playroom they had it was their entire basement their entire basement belonged to them he had the uh the gi joe flag uh aircraft carrier they had like a huge table set up that that sat on top of and they had like the helicopters like every gi joe fucking vehicle you can imagine and every gi joe toy all the transformers shit wrestling guys everything a big ass couch that we'd take all the cushions off of and set up like wrestling ring and we'd play down there and sega genesis and the nes and super nintendo i mean everything everything and his sister had all her stuff on like one half of the room and she had the barbie dream house and all the barbie shit and i just remember looking at that and being like that would be badass to use as like a base of operations for gi joe guys for wrestlers for ninja turtles because these guys they need somewhere to go back home to they're gonna have a house you know you can have your command center and your control center and all that kind of stuff but even when you're watching action films oftentimes guy will go back to his apartment or go back to a mansion or something like that and the Barbie dream house looked like an awesome setup it had the elevator you know but it was done to such a degree it had this this level of detail that a bunch of my playsets didn't have the turtles sewer was cool you know you had the the Ghostbusters firehouse if you will that was really neat but the Barbie dream house was gargantuan it was huge and i see him out at walmart right now i think they're they're really pushing the barbie stuff obviously because of this movie and so you see all this stuff front and center again it's like man that thing is still cool that's a cool ass play set and it's not surprising either i mean that's um that's the same company who gave us all the great he-man toys back in the day the the girls section, you know they were they were doing uh, I, I believe so right if I recall reclectly they had the the Barbie products and then they had the He-Man stuff and they kind of competed a little bit and then they tried to do they tried to get the girls with the She-Ra toys a little bit but I don't think they did as well anyway there you go. Going to see Oppenheimer on Friday, not Barbie. Everyone's saying Oppenheimer is like the greatest movie ever made. So we'll find out. Is that going to be an overhyped one? We'll see. You know, some people say nukes don't even exist. You ever heard that one? I don't know. Uh, That was a new conspiracy theory I'd never even heard of. until until, uh probably because of the nature of the oppenheimer film but i was surprised i never stumbled upon that with like how popular fallout games are uh i don't think it's new either this theory that nuclear weapons are are uh, a psyop never heard i didn't hear that until recently never even thought about that like huh i don't know i mean Maybe that'd be good if it turned out to be true that there's no such thing. I'm not, look, let me just come out and say, I'm not saying that I'm on board with that. I'm just saying I I, I stumbled upon it on, uh, I think it was a Twitter post that I just happened to, to scroll past. And uh, it was like a thread that someone had posted why nukes don't exist or something like that. Again, not saying I subscribe to this. I'm just letting you know that there are people who don't believe that they do. Now, as of this moment, I would say, yeah, I, I still believe in nuclear weapons. If you had to ask me. But wait, super divorce, what do you think? Have you been convinced? Have you been swayed by these conspiracy theorists on Twitter? No, I haven't. No, I saw one thread uh, with some bullet points. Not quite enough to convince me that uh, that it's all a I don't believe that but if if um, if you believe that you know hey whatever it's a free country for now games that i played this past week frightens since we last spoke frightens in that one it was like uh it was like a kind of of like a walking simulator there was a it looked nice you're you're like uh what are you kind of like a, a a janitor a mr fix-it in an apartment building and you're going around and and all this creepy shit happens and it's it's a little bit pt-ish you're just walking from one place to the next and triggering various events and it looks nice looks very nice but a lot of reused assets. One thing that I cannot stand in especially indie horror games is I keep seeing this. Bookshelves where they reuse like the same four or five books over and over again. So you've got like shelf one, here are four books. Shelf two, here's eight books, but it's the same four books from the top, just repeated twice. And then down below would be like the same books repeating. I it's like, well, can we not? What the fuck? Just leave the shelves empty because that looks stupid. It takes me right out of the game. Right out of it. Rips me right out of the damn immersion when I see that. Because I'm like, this is stupid. This is, this is reused assets. This is them dragging and dropping shit from like an asset pack. Like modify it a little bit somehow. Or just don't use books. Put little trinkets up there. Don't use the same four or five books a hundred times on one shelf. It looks fucking stupid. No one would do that. You wouldn't see that in an apartment complex building where you're the super. Pulls me right out of it every time I see that. I wish people would stop doing that shit. It would be so easy to not do. It would be better to always have barren bookshelves than to populate them and stock them with repeating titles over and over again. So dumb. Don't do it. Uh, So that was kind of like PT. And there also wasn't really much you could interact with, which, which bothers me. Not enough stuff to just fuck with in games today. I've talked about that too. See that cup over there? Let me walk up and punch it. See that chair? Let me shoot it and it explodes into a million pieces. Like so many things we're so worried about photorealism and and how the light bounces off shit just nice. Look at the glisten, the shine on that fucking tabletop. But then you you unload, you know, a fucking magazine into it and it's still just nice and shiny. Because it doesn't do anything. Give me a shitty looking table that I can splinter into a million pieces. That's what I'm saying. It's a game. Let me play a game. Ergophobia. What do you have to do in that one? That one you start off and you're in kind of like a. You're in like a. An office. With a bunch of computers. A bunch of old computers. And there's a message playing telling you need to evacuate the premises you need to get out of the building because some sort of cataclysmic event has transpired you need to leave and uh fucking you find a television remote and you click it and then a bunch of tvs fall down and unblock the path down a stairway and then you then what do you do you get on an elevator and just as you're about, just as the elevator doors are closing, you see this guy walk towards you, and the game ends. It's like okay. Or er, uh, that was ergophobia. Had the kind of like throwback, retro sheen on it, kind of PlayStation One-ish graphics. The atmosphere and stuff was cool, but not much to the game itself. Klax, I played that on one episode of Sega Mania Mania last week. Klax, puzzle game. That was pretty fun. Kind of tough to describe in words. So if you'd like to see Klax, it's worth looking at that episode of Sega Mania Mania. Go and check that out right here on the, the channel if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're not on YouTube right now, then head over to the Super Divorce YouTube channel, youtube.com superdivorce, and look at the Clax episode of Sega Mania Mania from last week. Fun game. I'll play that one again. I like it. I liked Clacks. And then we also played Tailspin on Sega Mania Mania on the other episode from last week, which was a pretty shitty Disney platformer. Disappointing. Because so far, most of the Disney platformers we've played on Sega Mania Mania have been fantastic. Great pedigree. But then they threw Tailspin in there, and it really just fucked things up. Not good, not a good one. Last night, I started live streaming My Friendly Neighborhood, which I played the demo of on this channel some months back, created by uh, the brother of David Shamansky, creator of Iron Lung and Dusk and Chop Goblins. David Schmansky's brother has created My Friendly Neighborhood and that is a first-person shooter Technically, it's a shooter. It's a uh, first-person shooter slash survival horror game set in the world of uh, like a fictional Sesame Street type show. I know Sesame Street is fictional. I get it. Uh, What I mean is imagine a show like Sesame Street that doesn't really exist in our world. Okay, and then you have to go to the studio where the show is recorded where they produce this program, you you show up. You're you're like a another kind of handyman type fella. You're going to do this and that, and you uh, you walk in and the puppets are running around, chasing after you and shit. And I've only gotten maybe a couple hours into it. They say that if you want, you can probably beat it on your first pass in between five and eight hours. But if you'd like to go back through and and get all the collectibles and find all the secrets and everything you might be able to get 15 or so hours out of that game so uh it's really fun it looks nice the environments are awesome i just got through this segment last evening where you walk into what do you call it like a sound stage a big set and it looks like you're in a miniature city You got the the paved street and then shops and little apartment building in front of you and a pizza shop, a laundromat. You can walk up some stairs and go on top of the buildings and search around for stuff. All the while, you gotta watch out for the puppets coming after you. You shoot them with a very strange device. You've got a gun that shoots letters big golden letters you shoot these big golden letters and they kind of stun the the dummies the puppets and they after so many shots fall down and if you got duct tape you can tape them up so they stay on the ground for the rest of the game they can't break free if you duct tape them but if you shoot them and knock them down and leave that area and come back then they will have sort of reanimated and they're back up running around again you got to deal with them all over Which can be a little bit of a pain in the ass. I wish there was more duct tape. That's what I would like in that game. But so far I'm really enjoying that one. And earlier today I played a game called The Haunted Pump. Retro inspired game. Sort of uh, in the vein of puppet combo and 616 game stuff. There's actually some posters. You work at a convenience store in The Haunted Pump. The pump is referring to a gas pump not a penis pump but you go to work at your nighttime gas station shift. And as you walk in, you can see, uh, they actually have a poop killer poster up in the convenience store. And then back in the employee room, they've got a stay out of the house poster. So they're really wearing their their uh, inspirations on their sleeve here with the haunted pump. The convenience store looks nice. You got some tasks you, you perform, take the trash out, mop the floor. Help the customers take their cash, put it in the cash register, all that kind of shit. You guys have seen that stuff. If you've played any of these types of games before, if you've watched me play them, you know exactly what I mean. The ending was pretty disappointing. You kind of walk around twiddling your thumbs, smacking your dick around for about five minutes until randomly the ending just happens. Some devious entity swoops into the convenience store and jump scares you and that's the end of the game so i think the creator of that one was talented he did a good job creating a game of that type but i'd like to see uh what that creator has in store what's coming out of his own brain the next time around instead of just kind of taking a snippet of stay out of the house in this case or a snippet of a poop killer game and condensing it down and and just not giving the player much else. What else you got in the tank there? I like to see. Show me what you got. That's about it for right now. That's about it for this episode. I need to get out of here so I can go watch Terrifier with Bender over at uh the cinemas. Maybe I'll even get myself a small popcorn. If you haven't done so and you're watching on YouTube, please sub to the channel. Even if you're not on YouTube, head on over to youtube.com superdivorce and sub to the superdivorce YouTube channel. Please. Bong the gong for notifications so you know when new videos go live, so you know when I go live. Right now, shooting for Tuesdays and Thursdays around 10.30 p.m. thereabouts. Hopefully, I'll be able to stick to that schedule now that I've got my phone stuff worked out for the moment. But uh, don't rely on, on notifications from any platform. I must say that. That's what I'm trying to set times. Stop by the channel around 10.30 on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Don't wait until YouTube sends you a message because you're probably not going to get one or else they notify you late and then people pop in and They're like, oh man, I didn't even know you're live or I just now got a notification. Don't worry about their notifications. Crumple those up and throw them in the waste basket because that's what they are. They're basically a waste. They're not reliable. They seem to be a uh, just, it's like a, a pleasant treat when they actually work, but we should not be relying on them. Let's not rely on them. Tuesdays and Thursdays, 10.30 p.m. Stop by the channel and I'll, I'll hope to be streaming around then, okay? Uh, comment below on YouTube if you got anything, questions, concerns, requests, whatever. Comment section is your oyster, so crack it open. Slam it down your throat and wash it down with a nice big old tall glass of cocktail sauce. Like this video. Follow me on Twitter at Superdivorce, on Instagram at SuperdivorceBand. And uh, I play music from time to time. Still working on a cover song right now that I'll hopefully have out soon. I keep saying that. I know. But I really want to have it out soon. I really do. Uh, Until then, you can check out Superdivorce tunes that are available on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, Wherever you stream your horse shit, you can find Super Divorce. So type in Super Divorce on your platform of choice. Try out a song. If you don't like it, try another one. If you don't like that one, try another one again and again and again until you find something you do like. Because I believe there's something there for everybody. Give it a shot, please. Soon, I was thinking about putting some shirts back up for sale. If there's any interest in that, like the one I'm wearing right now, the Super Divorce Rules t shirt. If that's something that you might sport out about town, let me know if there's any sort of demand for that kind of thing. I might do something like that. I might open the shop again. Open up, shop! T-shirts. I got some CDs. I've got some uh, cassette tapes. I've got some vinyl records. And none of that stuff's been available. I haven't had it uh, up on any online shops in some time, but I might put some of those things back up sooner rather than later let me know if you'd like access to any of those things and we'll see that's about it until next time everyone take real good care keep kicking ass love you lots lord willing i'll be back very soon with another video and or podcast and or live stream for you to watch Bye bye